Well, welcome back to A Voice in the Distance. It's been a while since I've been with you, but it's Pastor Rick here joining you once again as we uh, continue in this milestone of Joshua. And so we are uh, coming up to Joshua chapter 4. And it's kind of funny how I mentioned the uh, the term of milestones because uh, they have been hitting a milestone. And in fact, <laughs> this particular chapter is going to have a lot to do with stones. In, in the in the representation of what we're going to see, um, God has set things in stone for them, and so we want to be able to to get a closer look at what it is that that, that God's doing. And so, when I think of the of the miracles, you know, I, I so I so cherish them because we we forget easily that that God continues to do miracles. And, and it's something of importance for us to to train our children up in the remembrance of those miracles because God still does miracles in lives, and so I want to make sure that that again that we are that we're we're seeing God's will at work here. We're seeing God's plan at work, and, and the fact that this because again that this was something that was uh, considered old news of the Old Testament. God's still working in that in that same uh, in that same way, but again. We are just uh, we are just looking at the at the amazing hand and the amazing works and Joshua uh, and and all of Israel had made their way to the river to the Jordan River that famous river and so now we're going to see some more miracles happen in the forms of of that um, of that river and and some uh, things in regarding to the uh, to the stones that they were required to use. And, and so we are going to be blessed. We're going to be, uh, we're going to be just again, hopefully just looking at God in, a, in another form that we might have never seen before. But I want us to imagine a little something here. We've got to remember the Israelites were enslaved in Egypt. And so during their exodus, they had been wandering around in the desert trying to make their way to this promised land for 40 years. And so they had finally made it. Now, as I mentioned in the first chapter of Joshua, the first four chapters will it will be in regards to the exterior of the promised land. After this, after this, the book will be uh, in the recording of everything in the promised land. So we get to that that point. We get to that important border. The Jordan River was was that border the, that border river of where they were supposed to be. And so, but if I may give you some insight, I want you to think of this. I want you to think of this as a way maybe you could relate, maybe you can't. But let's just picture maybe for instance that you have had, you've had it hard for many years. You've had it hard for many years. And, and, and maybe you've never owned your own home. Maybe you've never had a place that, that you have uh, been able to set your roots. And then uh, you, you get your keys to your to your first new home, and there's that sense of excitement for that buyer. And and so this is probably what we're looking at for, for the people of Israel. And now again, at the time, this land was referred was referred to as Canaan. Okay, it will not be called Israel until a little later. Israel means governed by God, but this is their promised land that God had promised them. So let's take a look and see what God says here and, and what he wants them to do as a memorial. 
And it says in verses 1 through 9 of Joshua chapter 4, And it came to pass, when all the people had completely crossed over the Jordan, that the Lord spoke to Joshua, saying, Take for yourselves twelve men from the people, one man from every tribe, and command them, saying, Take for yourselves twelve stones from here, out of the midst of the Jordan, from the place where the priest's feet stood firm. You shall carry them over with you and leave them in the lodging place where you lodge tonight. Then Joshua called the twelve men of whom he had appointed from the children of Israel, one man from every tribe, and Joshua said to them, Cross over before the ark of the Lord your God into the midst of the Jordan, and each one of you take up a stone on his shoulder. According to the number of the tribes of the children of Israel, this, is, this may be a sign among you when your children ask in time to come, saying, What do these stones mean to you? Then you shall answer them that the waters of the Jordan were cut off before the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord when it crossed over the Jordan. The waters of the Jordan were cut off, and these stones shall be for a memorial to the children of Israel forever. And the children of Israel did so, just as Joshua commanded, and took up twelve stones from the midst of the Jordan, as the Lord had spoken to Joshua, according to the number of the tribes of the children of Israel, and carried them over with them to the place where they lodged. And laid them down there, and then Joshua set up twelve stones in the midst of the Jordan, in the place where the feet of the priest who, were, who bore the Ark of the Covenant stood, and they are there to this day. So, again, Israel is now on the other side of the Jordan. They had to cross. So we're going to see some acts of uh, an act of, of, uh, of a miracle here again, in regards to what God does now um, with Joshua. Something kind of similar as he did with Moses. Now, the, the, the event with Moses, with Moses was a little larger, but again, nonetheless, this was God's miraculous hand at work here. So he says to take 12 stones. Now, I want to give us a little insight on biblical numerology. Okay, the, the number 12, we, we see that a lot, you know, the 12 tribes. Now, if you remember correctly, Joshua, um, Joshua had developed uh, 12 spies, Okay, so 12 spies were to come into the promised land to see what was going on there before they had come and took over. So there was 12 of them. Now, what had happened was, is in this land were, were many giants, very, very large, intimidating giants living in this land. And so out of the 12, 10 of them said, that, oh, there's no way, we can't take anything, we cannot touch this, there's giants inhabiting there. But Joshua and another man by the name of Caleb said, not a problem, we can do this, we got this. So the number 12 is a, is a number that represents divine leadership. Now, what's interesting is the number 10. The number 10 also uh, represents a form of leadership, but it's more in the form of, of, of leadership in regards to man or government in a sense. But the number 12 is in the form of divine. Okay, we had 12 apostles. We got 12, um, 12 tribes. Okay, and so we're going to see the number 12 being used in other aspects, it was, which was in regards to that divine number of leadership. So what they were to do was they were, they were told to take 12 stones. These were pretty large stones. They had to carry them over their shoulder. And, and what I love about God, what he does here, is you see, it, it's kind of funny how people at times will create statues, uh, they, they will create something and they'll and they'll want to like make it all prettied up or whatever the case may be and 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 yet God just has them do something simple here. Now, in in previous chapters, way back when, you know, God utilized Abraham and other people who built altars, and these altars were made out of wood and stone. 
and what it was was a it was a meaning a significance that 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 meant myself and God were here. So when that altar was built, it was built in the form of worship. And and so the people that built that altar made it known that, that God was there with them in the form of worship. So God just simply tells them, I want you to make these 12 stones and I want you to put them in this particular order. And we're going to set them up in this particular order on this side of the Jordan River. Now, the Jordan River had completely dried up. So what does that say? In one way, shape, or form, God once again parted waters for his people. Now, we're comparing apples to pineapples, I guess, here, if we're looking at what God did with Moses in the Red Sea when the Egyptians were after the people. But nonetheless, we've got to remember that even the Jordan River was deep in some areas, and even the Jordan River had uh, particular uh, rushing water areas that wasn't easy to go and walk through depending on where they were at. But God, again, parted the waters for them to stand in. And and so, why did he do this? See, children are going to ask questions one of these days. They're going to wonder why and how. So God wanted to make sure that these memorials, these stones were put here. Because, you know, stones are set. That's why we use the term set in stone. They're not going anywhere. And so, this was to be built and to be made as a form of a memorial. We have memorials all over the place, and rightfully so. We have in Washington, D.C., we have the uh, memorial wall of our fallen soldiers here in the United States. And as we should have memorials for people. And, And so this was something in regards to God and his people. Because the children were going to see this one day, and they were going to ask, what was this? What, what is this? what does this have to do with us? And, and so people take for granted sometimes history. We live in the here and now. And, and at times, you know, we get spoiled sometimes. We, we forget about those who paved the way. Now, here's the thing. God paved the way, but the people had to follow the path. And, and so these stones don't naturally stack. Why? Because, again, there would be an explanation for this phenomenon. So God wanted the next generation to know. Tell them the story, right? Tell them of how the waters of the Jordan were cut off in front of the Ark of the Lord's Covenant. And when it crossed the Jordan, the Jordan's waters were cut off, right? For the Lord your God, verse verse 23, will will show in verse 23 what's going to be happening here with this. So, but again, I think it's important for us to remind our our children what, why, and how. God did did an amazing act. God does an amazing act right now as we speak. Right, because again, we live in a we live in a blessed time with, with many freedoms, but things are changing. A lot of things are being taken away. So we need to be close to God. We need to have some sort of recognition of, of, of our relationship with the Lord. Because our legacies here in life will, will always be remembered. And our legacies will always go with, uh, with us into our eternal existence in heaven. And, and so as these 12 men hoisted these heavy stones on their shoulder, they piled them together in the, in, in the promised land. So, again, they were stacked there as a sign. We like to consider this like a a marker. 
right? A marker at the place where God demonstrated his power to overcome any obstacle to his will. You know, I, I use a term at times that, that God's will is like rushing water. It goes through mountains and streams, rivers, oceans, valleys, and no one can stop it. But but it always ends up where it's supposed to be. Now, keep in mind here, as I said, no one can stop it because there, there's truth to that. No one can stop it, the rushing water. But God did. And God didn't just stop it, but he parted it in order for them to be able to go where they needed to go and do what they needed to do. So, God didn't, you know, God did not want his people to plunge into their, their task unprepared. They were, they were to focus on him, right? And, and remember who was guiding them. You know, we get busy doing, uh, doing our God-given, uh, our God-given tasks. But may we remember to set aside some quiet moments, right? These times to, to build our memorial to God's power. Because, again, our activities at times can, can shift away from God. Now check this out in verse 10 to 18. So the priest who bore the ark stood in the midst of the Jordan until everything was finished, that the Lord had commanded Joshua to speak to the people according to all that Moses had commanded. Joshua and the people hurried and crossed over. And then it came to pass, when all the people had completely crossed over, that the ark of the Lord and the priest crossed over in the presence of the people. And the men of Reuben, the men of Gad, and half of the tribe of Manasseh crossed over uh, armed before the children of Israel. As Moses had spoken to them, about 40,000 prepared for war crossed over before the Lord for battle to the plains of Jericho. On that day the Lord exalted Joshua in the sight of all of Israel, and they feared him, as they feared Moses. All the days of his life. And then the Lord spoke to Joshua, saying, Command the priest who bear the ark of the testimony to come up from the Jordan. Joshua therefore commanded the priest, saying, Come up from the Jordan, and it came to pass. When the priest who bore the ark of the covenant of the Lord had come from the midst of the Jordan, and the soles of the priest's feet touched the dry land, that the waters of the Jordan returned to their place and overflowed all of its banks as before. Now, most of the people here were content as they settled on the east side of the Jordan. They stayed on their side. And then we had the armies go on to the other side. The armies were going to be the ones who had to go and defeat the, the, uh, uh, the area of Jericho and, and, the, and the rest of certain areas of Canaan as well. So Joshua, Joshua, this, this great leader, was, was raised up. And, and and what was neat here is to see that, you know, Moses was such an important figure in, in, in the Old Testament and, and still is in regards to uh, to the realm of Judaism and in, in, in Israel and so on and so forth. But it's it's really neat to see how God raises other people up. That that God uses people to to carry the torch. And I, I think it's I think it'd uh, be fitting again that I how I love the fact that Joshua in his Hebrew name, Yeshua, which is actually in the same name of our Lord and Savior, Christ Jesus. His name is Yeshua Joshua in, in, in uh, Greek or English. In the area of the Jordan River. And in this Jordan River that is, was parted was a special place. In this Jordan River was where our Lord and Savior was baptized. In this Jordan River is where our Lord and Savior baptized other people. 
and I thought it was fitting that the waters part. And, and and how this event happened within the area here where our Lord and Savior, Joshua, Yeshua, Jesus, was in this, more or less in this uh, close proximity. And so the manner, the manner and the timing here, where the Jordan would return to its natural flow, this was this was arranged by the hand of God. See, as I mentioned before, the Jordan River can flow pretty quick, and and, and sometimes it's it's a little dangerous to be uh, to be messing around in in certain areas because of the currents. So I would imagine this was one of them. Probably the depth between the depth and the currents the currents. God had had His hand there to part the water and distill the water. And so I thank God for, again, just for the reminders. For the reminders of, uh, of what he did for the people and what he does for you, for what he does for me. See, he's stilling waters for you in some way, shape, or form. You might, you might feel like you're in a, stuck in the middle of a river that you can't cross. But all of a sudden, somehow, the current stops. Well, we might want to blame it on the weather, but guess who controls the weather? <laughs> we want to make sure that again that that we see that we see God's hand in our life here and now too, and and, and that God is is doing something as you are crossing your particular river of rushing water. Now, I don't know about you, but me, myself, I have a particular love for, for rivers. There's something special about being near a river or on a river. This form of tranquility. This You see God's handiwork when you're in a place of a river. Now, if we ever get the chance one day to go to the Jordan River, I, I, I think that would be an amazing bucket list trip. But these places are real that you can be. These places are real that you can be baptized in, that you could cross, that you could be a part of. And so I, I, I pray that maybe that you get the chance one day, I get the chance one day to maybe see this place in person. I never have, but uh, the, the, the pastors before me that I've learned from have been there probably 40 times. <laughs> and so these are, these are real places, everybody. These are real events. So let's carry on. Let's look at in verse 19 to 20. It says, Now the people came up from the Jordan on the tenth day of the first month, and they camped in Gilgal on the east border of Jericho. And those twelve stones which they took out of the Jordan, Joshua set up in Gilgal. Now, Gilgal is the, it was kind of like the uh, the, the home base for where the, um, where the planning of the, uh, of the taking of the promised land was going to happen. And so, this work at Gilgal being first is why I think God set up that memorial there. Because it was there where they brainstormed their activity of what was to come. So, Gilgal was a special place. And, and so, we look at Gilgal, and there is a meaning to Gilgal. And I believe if my Hebrew is correct, Gilgal means like rolling, which is fitting for that of a rock. And, and it, was, it would be the place of consecration, a place of change, right? 
so so Gilgal was fitting. And as the twelve tribes were were established in this section over here, we also have the twelve apostles that were also established right within the same area. Now, unfortunately, later on in the Bible, Gilgal will kind of be a place where where the false uh, worshippers came and, and, and did false worship. But Gilgal was a very significant place that reminded the Israelites of their heritage. It served as a place of worship. And it was a place visited by kings and prophets. And so Gilgal was a very, uh, very important place that really wasn't even mentioned in the New Testament. But let's take a look here. See, we're, now we're going to see the purpose of the memorial stones. And then he spoke to the children of Israel, saying, in verses 21 through 24, And then he spoke to the children of Israel, saying, When your children ask their fathers in time to come, saying, What are these stones? And then you shall let your children know, saying, Israel crossed over this Jordan on dry land, for the Lord your God dried up the waters of the Jordan before you until you had crossed over. As the Lord your God did to the Red Sea, which he dried up before us until we had crossed over. That all the peoples of the earth may know the hand of the Lord that is mighty, that you may fear the Lord your God forever. You know, it really is important to train our children up in history. And not just your national history or world history, but his story, biblical history, which is exactly what Joshua started. The book of Joshua was was basically the historical section of the Bible. So God here was sending a message. Set this up for you to be able to tell your children, to show your children the mighty works. If we're not teaching our children up now in certain things that God's done, what are they going to know of God? What are they going to know of right and wrong? How are they going to know what God did? And so it's all about God. You know, we see that rock pile and hear the story of how the people of Israel would know clearly that they had not crossed the Jordan uh, you know on their own so may this memorial stand to speak to us all you know let it be a reminder let it be a reminder that unless the Lord builds the house its builders labor over it in vain a little, a little passage from Psalms uh, 127, verse 1. Unless the Lord builds the house, its builders labor over it in vain. Now, not by strength or by might, but by, by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. <laughs> from start to finish, from every dollar given every brick laid, God, let God be in every place of that. You know, we all have we all have a missionary purpose here. See, Joshua told Joshua told Israel that these stones would serve as a reminder that all people of the of the earth may know that the Lord's hand is is here and that it's mighty. And these buildings aren't just memorials to us, but to Him. We exist to know God and and, and make Him known. Our buildings exist. We have we have archaeology, not to make us uh, comfortable or proud, but but you know, this is for God's glory. This particular message, this particular purpose, 
as it was set for Israel, was also set for the world to know. Now, not all the world gets to see, but this was set for the world to know. See, we don't get to see everything, but that's where our faith comes into action. That we, that we get to hear, and that we get to feel, even though we weren't there. We know what happened. We know that God exists. We know that God is, as God was working with them, God is working with us now. You will have some form of miracle story in your life. Because when, when you receive God, you alone are a miracle in itself. And especially if you've received God in an older age, even more so. God bless you. And that's what the whole purpose here is in a Voice of the Distance ministry, to equip the saints and to bring, to bring people into salvation of, of our Lord and Savior, Christ Jesus. The purpose of the memorial stones are now through you as a form of living stone. And so you get to be a part of that as part of God's purpose and continuation. And and so the opportunity here, the opportunity here in each chapter is an opportunity to receive him in your heart, to receive him in your life for the sake of salvation. Not just for the sake of fire insurance from, from being rescued from hell, but, but because you want him, but because you, you believe in him. He never desires anybody to go to hell. But he gives us the choice to, to make. Because he never forces himself on anybody. He never forced the children of Israel. See, here's the thing, the, the, the journey from, from Egypt to where they were going was only an 11 day journey. Really, they could have made it there in two weeks, but it took them 40 years. Their hardness of their heart and their, and their minds caused them to circle the land after 40 years. They, they were acting and living in rebellion. And, and that's what we do today sometimes. We act and live in rebellion. As we get older, the time is flying by and time is wasting. So what God is doing now and saying now is it's time now not to be wasting any more time, but to redeem the time. Because time is precious. Time is of the essence. Time is a gift. And, and so I love what Charles Spurgeon, one of the greatest preachers of the 1800s in England, said. He said that I would rather, I would rather lead one person to Christ than, than to unravel all the mysteries of 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 the Bible, or, what, or if that's what he said in regards to the Word of God. But you know what? Why not try to have a little bit of it all? Why not? Why not bring as many people to God as much as possible and unveil the mystery? See, when you're given time, when God has given you time, you have the opportunity to do those things. And that's the work of a voice in the distance ministries here is to unravel and, and to know the word of God, to unravel it while also bringing people into a relationship with Christ Jesus for the sake of your salvation. So I, I want to give you the opportunity right now. I want to give you the opportunity to receive Christ as your Lord, to receive him as your father, to receive him as your savior. And you see again, 
the people that these were done for were his children. God did the mighty work for his children. Amen. So let us remember that. Let us keep that in our minds and our hearts. But sometimes it leaves our minds and our hearts because we don't have the Lord in our minds and our hearts. So now it's time. It's time to, to accept him into your heart. And to keep him in your mind. Because you are always in his heart and you are always in his mind. He loves you. He wants you. He's going to do amazing things for you, even through the bad times. Because there will be bad times still. I'm not guaranteeing you perfection in life. I'm guaranteeing you salvation through Christ Jesus. So if you feel led, I want you to repeat a prayer after me. In receiving Christ Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And by you meaning this, he will enter you and dwell in you for all times. And you will, be, you will be in heaven when your time comes. So if that is what you want, I want to give you the opportunity now. It's very simple just to repeat after me and to mean it in your heart. Dear God, please forgive me. Forgive me of all of my sins. As I confess to you that I am a sinner, I ask, Lord, that you would cleanse me and wash me of my sins. I thank you for receiving me, Lord. I thank you, Lord, for having me as I receive you now in my heart. Thank you for dying on the cross, Lord. Thank you for the shedding of your blood, Father, and the forgiveness of my sins. As I receive you now as my Father, my Lord, and my Savior. Receive me now as your child. As I now dwell with you, and you dwell with me. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Well, again, my pleasure is always to, to deliver the Word of God, to teach you the Word of God, and, and most importantly, to introduce you to the Lord. Because, again, He's been waiting for you for some time. And we just are just so glad. So glad that you would that you would come on to a voice in the distance and, and get into God's Word with us. And that you would take this time just just to spend it with the Lord. So for those of you who are saved and, and, and continuing just to be equipped with us, may you continue to, to stay the course and fight the good fight. And for those of you who have just received Christ as your Lord and Savior, congratulations on the greatest decision you've ever made. So what he wants from you is, is that you're, the, the, the best life is the rest of your life. May the rest of your life be the best of your life. And with that, may you be greater in the later. So may God bless you and keep you as you walk with him at all times. God bless.